This is our, our barley corn steak with peppercorn side glowing. If I slip, lives are in the balance. Hello? Hi, Merlin. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. You want to button this up? Mm-hmm. I love you. love you, too. How many people would just love it if that was the whole show? <laughs> we should release that and then do a bonus episode. So, uh, I'm really glad you stopped talking about parent things. We got a lot of feedback about that, didn't we? Uh, uh, in email? Yes. And, uh, and some on Twitter also. Well, I'll let you tell me what people send in email. Uh, what I read on Twitter is a lot of people like it. Yeah, that's, just, that's what I heard. That's because people, people with kids know uh, how to use Twitter. And people with cats use email. That was, uh, <laughs> I think that was Kraft uh, Ebbing first discovered that in like the f- either the 40s or the 1700s. I'll have to look it up. No, I, you know what? I, I would not mind breaking that off. I don't know if that's interesting just as a topic. You know what I mean? It's one of the, it's pretty broad. And it could get, uh, well, I, you know, I, I'm being a contrarian because that's what I do. Like, I totally understand how annoying that is. I felt the same way. Um, but it might get a little old. You know what I mean? What do you think? I mean, there's, God damn, there's so much daddy foo and mommy bar out there, right? <laughs> there is, but, but <laughs> you're, you're not doing it. And baby bat. <laughs> I think I just made a blogging joke, a parenting joke, and potentially a programming joke all in the same. Extremely not funny joke. Well, but you I mean, chase- you, I think you need more shows, apparently. You need a lot more shows. You're not doing enough shows. Here's the thing. If you chase two rabbits, they will both escape. You should write that down. I'm going to write that. Chase. Write that two- down. I knew a kid named Chase when I was uh, working at Publix. I know a guy named Chase. Chase Chase Reeves is on the internet. I know a Chase. Chase is a yeah. pretty good name. That's a cool oh. name. Not as good as Cash. <sighs> if we'd had a second boy, if our second kid had been a boy, I had an agreement with my wife, a standing, standing agreement that I could name him Cash. A- after after the, uh, the, the currency or the guy with the guitar? Both. Uh, see, that is good. That's good. There's a dig- she said, you can't, you, can't name, uh, you can't name someone Cash. Said, the of, course, is- of course you can. Dan, you can literally name your kids anything, and that's the problem. That's funny. Oh, my gosh. Um, Faith would like to read one of the emails that we received regarding doing a parenting show. Is Faith going to be like a regular on shows now? Is that a thing? Is she, she's like, is, but no, I want to understand so I can, I can adjust my mojo. I have things on cards, and I want to get a card for Faith if I need that. She's handling the, some of the work that, uh, that assists me, and rather than have me be on that email account reading the email she has it so i said faith can you you pick one don't questions don't hurt dan i said faith can you pick one of these and she said sure so she has it and she's ready to read it questions are like are like orange cones you can hit them all they want doesn't hurt the cones doesn't hurt you hi faith (laughs) hi merlin how are Are you you i'm great are you gonna do in a funny voice no i don't think so is it okay with you if i read this email though if you are very familiar with the Cone Brothers, you could have responded with something like, unless you consider round funny. Is it, it from a fan? Is this pro? Is this anti? Is This, this is pro. This okay. is pro parenting. I, I would love to hear it. And pro you talking about parenting. I think it's a fantastic idea. I would love to hear it. Okay. This email is from Kevin McAllister. He says, yo, internet pals, all the people that tell you not to talk about kids, they're wrong. Parents talk about their kids for the same reason college people talk about their college and gang members talk about their last rumble <laughs> because it's the hardest and most rewarding thing they've ever had to do in their life. Poor, sad gang members. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 
It is good. So that, that's marked in the pro, in the pro column. Is it uh, Mr. McAllister? Is that correct, Kevin? Yes. I call him Chevy. That's a pretty cool name. I, I, I would have been so happy to be a Kevin. Kevin, Jason, Todd. I would have loved a name like that when I was a kid. Dan, are you kidding me? Dan, I would have killed to be a Dan, a Danny, a Daniel, a Danster. I would have killed for any of that. Literally, Dan. But isn't Kevin McAllister the kid from Home Alone? This is kind of ironic. Is that hmm. his name? Yeah, I You mean Col- Colin Mc- Mc- Well, Macaulay Culkin is the Macaul- actor, but Mick Kevin Colin. McAllister is the... Hmm. I, think I think you're thinking of the Wonder Years. I don't think so. Oh, I think you're thinking of uh, that Christmas movie where he dresses up like a bunny. Oh, Breaking Bad. I haven't seen that. Was it Harvey or Donnie Darko? Which is which? Which is the one that was too long? Oh, you're thinking of uh, the cleaner from Pulp Fiction, Harvey uh, Keitel. Okay, and he also he also appears in that uh, in that movie uh, with uh, Bridget Fonda, where they made, remade the French movie where she jumps down the pipe. What's that called? Point of uh, No Return. On, on Golden Pond. Jumping down, <laughs> jumping down. That's funny. <laughs> she loves scarves. I, I think, Faith, no, I think it's a wonderful note. It was a good reading. And my only concern is I think you could talk a lot about gangs. I could talk about my background uh, in my gang, the North Side. We had uh, pink satin wow. jackets. Okay. Well, no, no, not in that sense. Not that kind of pink. And it said, it said, for the love of God, please stop pummeling me. <laughs> not that kind of pink. For the love of God, please stop pummeling me. <laughs> and basically, we were everybody's starter gang. You start with us. We had nothing to protect, and we didn't protect it. You could just, you just hit us all day until you were tired. I think you could talk about gangs, and people who are not in gangs would enjoy that. I think the parenting thing is super interesting to most people who are parents and excruciating to people who are not. But well, the nice my, thing about yeah. breaking it off is if you're not a parent, you just don't listen. You'd think. You know, you just don't listen. It's true. It's true. And I, hmm, I don't know. What do you think, Faith? Would you, uh, do, you, do you enjoy podcasts about parenting? I enjoy when you guys talk about it, yeah. And I'm not what a else? parent. We could do recipes for snickerdoodles. Uh, we could talk about schools. We could talk about um, circumcision Home, and breastfeeding. Yeah. Oh, God. Homeschooling, breastfeeding, and, and circumcision. That's, <laughs> there's your name. We just need art. Talk to, uh, talk, to, uh, talk to your buddy about getting some art. Okay. I'll work on that. <laughs> uh, I have a, a dad vertorial. Um, mom, mom versalon. I got nothing. I don't know. You know what? I'll, I'm going to leave it to Faith. I think Faith is a voice of sanity amidst all of uh, whatever this is. And I, I think you could do it. And I, you know, I got to tell you, Dan, I think this, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And by money, I don't mean money. But I think you should do more cross-show dealies. I'm doing it. There's, there's a whole, there's been a whole plan. As that, you know, you, as you know, you Dan, guys you sort are, of busted up when, when I was out. It kind of ruined, okay. stole some thunder. Orange cones, Dan. I have, I, I have dharmadad.com, which I could, I could donate to. Can we get a podcast about how opaque you are? Maybe there already is one. Okay, see, here's the thing. There's it's probably, <laughs> It's late and I don't have access to it. Uh, I would do whatever you want because you know, for me... I have a list I, of things I'd like for you to do. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Anything sexy? Anything you do is going to be. That's sweet of you to say. Mm-hmm. I think um, I would ha- be happy to do any of that. And you know what you get? You know what we call it in, in the world of uh, enterprise class products and physics? We call it synergy. You get synergy. <laughs> Sometimes one times one equals, I guess, more than one. Right? You take, you take, you take a Syracusa times an Arment, right? That's synergism. 
Mm-hmm. That's just spoons and spoons of synergism. You're gonna you're gonna cover the waterfront with that, not in a good way. Some people uh, refuse to do crossover shows. Oh, for religious reasons? I don't know why. Huh? It might be. Uh, you know what? I bet uh, GPL. Mm. Called the third rail. BSD. I yeah. Uh, I use a free GPL. I'm running that on the Berkeley. <sighs> I got. I made. I made cards for today's show. I didn't tell you that. I made cards. Is this I on swore, your, hip, your hipster pad <clears throat> thing that you? Have? I swore I would never prepare. You know what? Can we round back to that? Because I want to talk about this. Maybe in the after dark, we should talk about this. Because I think, I think that would be. You know, seriously, the Marco and, and Syracuse idea is very interesting to me because not. It isn't just because they have uh, complementary, but complementary interests, but contrasting takes, they're all both like genuinely super smart about slightly different things. And I think that would be a very interesting thing. And, and then they're, they're smart about a lot of the same stuff too, but you can get that anywhere, right? You get, you get, a, you get a cute girl and a kind of heavy Korean guy, that's 60 podcasts. You will literally, you're literally going to tear up the charts. Wow. The heavy Korean guy is going to be a little harder to find. Hmm. Right? So, um... I guess we should do a little bit of follow-up. I got cards. I got cards. What does that mean? They're not like nice cards. Well, I prepared. I, I promised I wouldn't prepare, but I tried it's to like prepare. a four by six? I'm trying to make the show, I don't want to say better, but I want to keep the show good. So I'm trying to think. So. Four by six? No, no, I do. I do three by five. I like four by six. Ruled or un- unruled? Um, ruled. College ruled or standard? Yeah, wide rule? Like goofy ruled? Yeah. No. Oh, whatever the pink line at the top and the, and the blue lines, the classic, the classic. This is the thing about the hipster PDA. You know, and this is what's funny about it is that the whole idea was you could have this fairly robust system for running things out of stuff you could buy for a buck at a drugstore. And that's why it's funny when Levenger put, wanted to put out, you know, custom <laughs> hipster PDA cards, mm-hmm. which I think they did. That's pretty funny. Did you benefit from that financially? I benefited heavily by saying, are you out of your mind? Fucker. <laughs> I think that was an exact quote. It was 2005. It was a long time ago. Mm, 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 mm. Boy, that logic's fun to play with. I, uh, I did a whole thing in logic. It's pretty cool. Oh, for your, for your other show? Your other new show? I don't understand what you mean. Here's the thing. Uh, F you. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about Star Wars. It's killing me not to talk about Star Wars. Well, okay. You know what I finally got a hold of? Is Ooh. the Star Wars Revisited. I finally got it right here. Have you looked at it? Uh, we was going to start it, and then I got a little uh, a little behind on time. I haven't watched it yet. The new, the new one looks really good. You can see Carrie Fisher's freckles. I did not know she had freckles. You can also see that she literally looks like a clown. The, I don't know. I think somebody was doing the makeup from back in Marin County, firing it out of a cannon, and asking her to stand somewhere near where they thought it would land. It's they sort of like, a, the, like the bot that went haywire in, in Wally. Uh, precisely yeah. like the uh after they knocked down and after you shot out the thing and all the yeah. things went down yeah. absolutely god that movie's good yeah gorgeous god that movie's good anyway after dark it's a it's a travesty i've never heard john so upset about something except being out of liquor i've never heard him uh so upset he was bes- he was beside himself 20 minutes he was he, he sounded and he just kept saying it over and over yeah <laughs> no no okay we have been talking. Should, should we uh, start the show? You want to? Uh, 1217. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, good week? No, big week. Big huge week here. Week. What huge, are you huge, huge week. Oh, are you kidding me? I got... 
Well, let's hear them. Let's uh, stop teasing around the, you know, dancing around it. Let's hear the cards. Show just started, Dan. Orange cones. Orange cones. They don't hurt anybody. Uh, you have said this before, and I think this is a great idea. Uh, you've mentioned this at least uh, twice before, is uh, in the context of saying to me, Merlin, have we ever done a show about how to say no? And then one time I made a joke, and the other time I said no, but you mentioned it once before. I think <laughs> it is a good topic for a show. And I think it's, uh, it's another link in our chain of, uh, what, ideas. Because we talked we talk about the priority stuff before. What did we talk about last week? We talked about um, parenting and Star Wars. But apart from that, what did we talk about? The, um, what was the topic of the show last week? Last week? Oh, I know you probably lost track of it because of these other shows that you do. I literally have no idea what you mean. And your name is Dan, is that correct? Last week we talked about uh, unreasonable demands. Ah, unreasonable demands, conflicting demands. Those ugly demand twins. They always dress them the same. Yeah. That's weird. Would you do that? Would you dress your twins the same? I don't know. I've thought about that before. And I guess the upside to dressing them the same is that nobody would doubt that they were related. Right. Even though they look identical. It's, it's seems... Wait, do you mean identical twins or fraternal twins? Well, Because if they were fraternal, identical. then I would say, yes, dress them identically. But if they're identical, I would say, no, do not dress hmm. them fraternally. Dress them fraternally. Yeah. I would dress them, uh, I take your point. I think what you're saying is, it's like, uh, it's like being as fat as your partner. Like you can share shirts and couches, right? The idea is you got the same shoe size, you, you got economies of scale. I think that's what you're saying. And it's cute for a while. For a while. I would dress them, let me say this, it's a little more work. I think you dress them exactly the same, but one of them looks a little shoddier. Yeah. I think, I think there's one who's consistently not getting the same level of like laundry or personal hygiene. So, so Timmy and Tommy are wearing the same clothes, but Tommy's clothes are just not as good. This is still identical, but that way I can tell them apart. And I think the people who will judge them, it will become easier for them to be able to know which is which. And to, and to know that Tommy's better, or is it Timmy? It's hard to say no. Did, um, you, have a, did you have a twin? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Oh. I, I barely have me. <laughs> that's good yeah that twin thing's creepy and that's just like setting aside the Kubrick did you I read the whole thing I asked, I asked Groobs about it did you ever read you know what never mind that's The Shining good. did you ever read the whole analysis the, I did because of you and I, th I thought we need to talk about that at some point but that's, that guy's got his head screwed on wrong what Gruber said in the serial episode you didn't hear that I thought was really smart, he says they did the upside down pyramid where you go, oh, this seems really sensible. The first five pages of this are extremely cogent and obviously very carefully put together. This is a different show. But, you know, you get into the goofy, dressing like goofy. That was pretty weird. It was weird dressing like goofy. It was weird. I mean, the guy like, seems really... It, it yeah. seems like you look at that and you're like, well, he has a point, but do you think that was intentional? Like, is, is, is Kubrick the kind of guy who every single thing in every single frame and every single shot means something? Or, or, or is he focusing on the bigger picture, so to speak? Right. Well, there's that phrase that I've never really understood, but it seems like it almost, when people say, oh, it's the exception that proves the rule. I still have no idea what that phrase means, but I'm going to assume that it means something like, yeah, you know what? He sweats a lot of stuff, right? He's thought through a lot of this and anybody if you've seen the documentaries about him or anybody who's ever cried through the shooting of one of his films will tell you that talk about opaque 
I mean, my gosh, you're practically translucent next to that guy. You know, like he will just tell you he will not give you a note. Like you're just going to do this 60 times. And it might be the first take that he uses, right? He's not going to tell you, but that, the exception proves the, proves the rule part. Um, it, because he is so, it's so well documented that he is so careful about everything. I think it's uh, not a far leap if you're trying to make a point about something to then apply that to everything. And I think the answer is no. I, think it, I don't think it was intentional. And I think that if there were something he was going to sweat like that, it would not be how a, what, like a sticker on a door means that... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Shelly Duvall. Shelly Duvall, that she therefore, with her buck teeth and her chortling cry laugh, she is literally a Disney character. See? Yeah. It's kind of like going out. You know what? I could do this too. You ready for this? Hey, do you have a door? You got French doors in there, right? Yeah, we do. Ask you a question. Go ahead. Are those doors rectangular? Yes. Did you ever notice that all the doors in your house are rectangular? Yeah. Okay. See? <laughs> Let me ask you this. You must... <laughs> We're putting some, some big mysteries together here. Okay. Let's put, some, let's put a little bit of meat on the bone. Okay. <laughs> Would you say that your refrigerator inside is more warm or cold? <laughs> a, little more, a little more cold inside. Pretty much the same as almost every, except ones that aren't plugged in. Pretty much the same with all of them, right? Yeah. Does it have a door on it? Yeah. Thank you. See? And that's why Jack is molesting Danny. For those who aren't following this, Merlin and I are talking about a write-up. Doors. That somebody did that that had some sort of underlying theory about the, the, The Shining and Stanley Kubrick he called it, I believe he called it the subliminal, ugh, the subliminal message, the story about the real story, the, the subliminal message of The Shining. Hidden, hidden meanings in The Shining. Mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece, The Shining, what you may or may not have seen hidden in The Shining. Is that it? It's, uh, it's called like Doors, Windows, and Mazes or something. It's got blue something. background. Yeah. I you didn't know. dig that we should, You know, this should be a show. That should be a whole show. You know, movie show. Um, so parenthood, <laughs> psych, uh, we've done all these shows and you said, I uh, asked this really good question, which is how to say no. And I think it's a great question because I think the implicit, uh, problem in a lot of the, that's fine for Merlin ish things, which I think, obviously, I think we have proven that it's fine for lots of people in a way that's really annoying. It's not just me. Um, but I, I think the, where the rubber meets the road is you say, well, okay, that's all well and good, but I, I do have a really hard time saying no to things. And I think most of the time when people say that, the big part of the pie would be because I feel like I don't have an option except to say yes, unqualified yes. But there's also things I'd like to do. And so I find myself saying yes to things because I want to do lots of stuff. But then I think what happens is most of us then feel overwhelmed because we've got too much. And then we have to start screaming no in order to like maintain a sense of sanity. Feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty typical feeling. I said this last week. I think when you bring up a topic, it's a, it's a, it's a bee in your bonnet. It, what can you give me an example of? Uh, and this is really, like I say, last week's you know unreasonable demands came out of this. I think. Yeah. And and so when what are the sorts of things that you, if I may ask, as your best friend, what are the kinds of things that you find yourself having trouble saying no to, or to whom? If it's that's the important part. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have, I don't think I have the problem saying no. I don't think you do. 
I'm guessing you're thinking of like what we're like we're talking about last week, like when you're starting out in some gig and you don't have a lot of work or, you know, you're trying to build client base or let's say you're new at a job, you know, like my job, job like I said, my job with Dave, I, I didn't have a lot of control over yeah. like what I did. I was ha- really happy to have the job. You'd like to please too. Um, thank you. I, I really, God, that's so nice of you. I, uh, I do. I do. Oh, I think I do. I'm, no, I'm, I'm being uh, serious when I say that. I think one likes to please also. I think it's just a natural, natural thing. I think anybody who works in an office, as, as awful as it can be some days, I think you would rather say yes than no to anybody, not just your boss, but yeah. anybody. You want to, you know, and, you know, in a lot of companies, that is the way you make your bones is by showing that you can, you know, ship stuff and, and that you're not sounding like Johnny Pushback, right? So that's maybe what you're talking about. That's, that's where a lot Johnny, of us get that. Johnny Pushback. You ever seen that? I think it was with Michael Keaton. That's a good one. Hmm. Yeah. But it is hard. And so anyway, I, I think that's a good topic. And uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with myself. It's a good topic. But I think there's, there's like, I think behind that though is this notion that either I can't say no to things or I don't want to say no to things. And I think for the people who are, are more potentially interested in this prattling on, it probably is an instance of like, I feel like I can't say no. Right. And so what does that mean? Well, that means if you can't say no, then a lot of the stuff that we talk about on here is going to be for naught. It is just going to be kind of blue sky solutioneering if it's not, if it doesn't have a practical component or component, as you say, of, of, of what I do. <laughs> Priority stuff. Okay, that's great. Care and sacrifice. Fantastic. Wonderful slide. Yeah. But what does that mean if I have to say yes to everything? Or, for example, like I said, this company I've referenced in the past, you know, and this is true in lots of places, this constant fear that someone's going to dive bomb in and screw all this up. Like, I could work really hard on this thing, and then somebody could jump in and totally change this, right? Like, there's always that feeling of, like, I'm always, like, one long, stupid meeting away from my job being turned upside down. Mm. Should I, you know what I mean? Should I do, you know what, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think you start to get this sense of self-doubt. If you feel like, it's almost this kind of uh, occupational constipation where you feel like you're, you're, you don't, you're never like finishing anything. The, the goal's always changing. But above it all, there's somebody always running around um, not really sick of thinking stuff through and just demanding you do things. I don't know if that's true, but it feels that way at a lot of companies to me. I don't know. So I don't know if that's a problem statement, but I think that's the way to think of it. Either you can't say no, you don't want to say no. Does that, does that, does that, are there other flavors of that? No, I think, I think, be, but being able to say no in a way that communicates the everything that you just described mm-hmm. but you have because you have to there's so many people that don't want to say no and they, they, they it's a career killer mhm and they're shut down well yeah and i don't want to make a straw man out of this but i think a lot of times at least when i chat with people about this it's it's another one of those solutions like this is sorry to be all, like freaking uh, you know kung fu but like it's it's um it's not uh, easy, but it is simple. You know, the, the non-easy part is that if you want to protect your good thing, you can't just say yes to everything. Otherwise, I mean, how could you do a good job of stuff if you don't have any kind of filter for that? Yeah. But then um, the, non, the, the relatively simple part is, well, that, that is the case. The simple part is that you, your wallet does not make money and you can't put more blocks in the box. And as, as much as those two like tell a story, I think there are a lot of people who are trying to there's a cognitive dissonance in trying to say, well, of course I can do stuff well, and of course I can say yes to everything. And then they're stressed out, and now they're mad at me, or whomever. Cognitive dissonance. <laughs> cognitive dissonance, yeah. I don't know the precise, uh, I couldn't give you the clinical definition, but I think what it means is uh, that when, 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 
Well, it's when I think one of the ways is that there's a, a difference between reality and what you think reality should be, or that you know there's a lot of whole. Mm, like I like old, I like that. Yeah, there's not like an old Keats line about you know that ability to hold two conflicting views in your head, and so I think in the abstract you can cognitive dissonance is a very interesting idea. Like I, well, that's the little, core. That's the core of of you know not to get into the whole Buddhism, Buddhism thing again, but that's the core of suffering is that things things are different from the way that you believe. Mm-hmm. that they should be right but it's also uh, totally but it's also an instant another instance of the western world wanting everything to be a zero or a one mm-hmm. and being confounded when someone says well it's zero and it's one and it's everything else right like sorry to be a liberal arts but i mean that that can be the case a lot of the time with things <laughs> and just because you're looking for some kind of a, a reductive system that that fits your mental model well if that mental model does not comport with how stuff is actually going you are going to have cognitive dissonance and too much cognitive dissonance combined with the sense of inescapability is the recipe for stress. That's Mm. what stress is. Mm -hmm. I think stress is the feeling that something screwed up is going on here, uh, A, and that B, I have no control over that, and C, it might go on forever. Right? If you think about it, it's like stress. Anybody can handle a little stress. Anybody can like stay up late doing a project they don't love. But there's something really dispiriting about the anxiety of knowing that an untenable situation uh, could have to be your reality uh, for theoretically forever, and feeling, and then as you've mentioned before, like feeling like you don't have a way out, right? You got a new kid, you got a mortgage, you got something. Maybe, maybe you know, you've worked your whole life to get this position. You know, maybe it's some kind of Hollywood thing, maybe it's some kind of Wall Street thing. You're not just gonna throw that out because you know, whatever you're getting an ulcer and your wife wants to divorce you, <laughs> you're not crazy, <laughs> right? But. Um, I mean, and I'll, I'll just take it as read. Let's read it into the record, all of our many previous episodes about the priorities thing. Like I said, that when that talk I did at Pixar a couple weeks ago, the, the big point I wanted to make was that this whole priority mania should come down to the notion of combining care and sacrifice, right? If you, uh, this is brief, but if you, it's really, really hard to make anything a priority if you don't care a lot about it. And it's hard to sort of show that it's a, sacri- uh, a priority unless you're making sacrifices. And so if you care about things without sacrificing things, well, it's not really going to get taken care of. But if you sacrifice too much for things you don't really care about, that's a much more nuanced and and troubling thing. Because you may not even realize, why am I so frustrated about this? Well, maybe you don't want this job. Maybe you don't, I mean, when I say you don't want this job, maybe this is the wrong place for you. And you're trying so hard to find something to care about that you don't realize how much you're sacrificing. So, and so to me, the upshot of that though does become that like, whether you like it or not, this immutable law of the world is that, you know, it's, you can't do it all. And so again, back to that episode, whatever failure is not an option. Yeah. I think there are people who are in like aerospace or neurosurgery or who are dicks that are going to say, well, you know, failure is not an option. If I slip, lives are in the balance. And it's <laughs> like, okay, you know what? I'm fine with that. But I think what you really mean is either you don't know what that means or B, you are putting extraordinary resources and care into what you're doing so that failure is less likely to be an option. If anybody says failure is not an option but then doesn't fund it that way, then they're just full of crap. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's kind of the problem. You know, and talk about cognitive dissonance. Again, we've talked about this before, but what could be a greater source of cognitive dissonance than seeing very clearly with your Buddhist eyes for yourself what the reality is, but being forced to hold this idea that's very different in your head, right? So when, when somebody comes in and says they have 27 priorities, I'm sitting there and my eyes are spinning like a freaking one-armed bandit going like, what can that mean? And then when they stop spinning for a minute and the cherries pop up, I look around and like nobody else thought that was weird. I would lose my mind in a place like that. 
I would lose my mind. You know, I we can't always say true things for a variety of reasons as human beings, but like to be compelled into an atmosphere where it's just not appropriate to say true things, where the picture of the sailboat wins is very distressing to me. So I think we should talk about that. I think that's enough, that's enough groundwork. But I think it is ground. All I wanted to get at was I think that it's, for this to make the most sense, I think you do have to be a little bit of a grown-up and understand that, that you can't have everything, you can't do everything. And if you need to think about it in terms of money, that's not a bad way to think about it. Like I said at that, this Pixar talk, like when I was there, we picked, our, uh, picked up a, lots of Hug and Bear, who, who actually smells like strawberries. He's really cool. The toy, the actual toy? So, but it was big. It was huge. It was like almost as big as her. It was like 30 bucks. But like, you know, I was, you know, this is called pandering. But I was like, you know, if I go down to the gift shop and I've got 35 bucks in my wallet, like I get, I can get a lot so out the door, right? I think it includes tax. This is how they roll at Pixar. But if I go in there and I say, well, you know what? Actually, I really want 50 lots of hugging bears. They're going to go, okay, well, that's going to be something on the order of $1,500. And I'm going to say, no, you don't understand. I really want this and I'm busy. So give me, give me 50 lots of hugging bears. You can understand that that's bananas behavior. And yet that if that cashier said yes to everything that everybody asked of her, you know, you've worked in the service industry. You've run your own bank probably as a waiter. Like you got to go, now you're going to owe that money to the restaurant because you said yes to everything. Well, why would it be any different with the things that you agree to do? At the end of the day, you're going to have to, that somebody's going to square that and you're going to have to be responsible for the delta. Does that make sense as a, as a foundation? Very. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next card. Is this, <clears throat> is this a, a, like a stack? How, how, how tall is a stack? Hmm. Let me see here. Oh, let me get the rest of them. Let's see here. This is, uh, this is one. Okay. Let's see. I'm getting number two. That's a joke. Nope. I got, I got like two more. We'll talk about whatever you want. You want to talk about parenthood? You want to talk about Star Wars? No, I like this topic. Um, the, 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 the jokey thing I'm going to say in a second is that I think there's three things you can do. You can either, when you're confronted with a situation where you're not sure what to do and you kind of, your gut is telling you to say no, or your calendar is telling you to say no, or your wallet's telling you to say no, for that matter. I think there's three things you can do. You can not really say no, you can really say no, or you can keep saying yes. I can't think of any other options. I only spent 10 minutes on this, but I, I, I can't think of any other ones. The most intriguing for our purposes is definitely don't really say no. <clears throat> you can kind of say yes. Uh, there are a lot of things where you just really need to say no. What's in your life that, that you feel saying no is a challenge? Your kid? Saying no is a challenge. Since we're talking about parenting, this is the parenting show. I have lots of, um, I don't know, uh, this is one of those left-handed compliments, but I have a lot of acquaintances, excuse me, <clears throat> I have a lot of acquaintances like from the internet, like people I've met, uh, we've exchanged emails. Maybe I've done stuff with them, interviews, podcasts, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's not directed at any one person, except that it is all of you uh, whom I love. Is that, you know, a lot of times somebody's like, oh, I'm coming through town tomorrow. Like, do you want to get coffee? And I'm like, yes, I absolutely want to get coffee, but like no way in the world can I do it tomorrow. Yeah. And not because I'm busy. Like, I, I don't want to get tired with the whole productivity guru thing because I'm not and I'm not that busy. But I do have stuff I already kind of agreed to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like on top of it all, of course, now I got to go to my lady and say like, you know, you know how you like do everything for us? Like, how about I just go take half a day to do this thing I heard right. about yesterday? And like, she's awesome about it. But like, I hate asking her that because, you know, there's this big pie. Again, back to the pies, you know, 
just talk to your buddy about this. Now that you get a big pie, right? And I feel like there's this pie of like, there's just all this stuff that I could be doing better and with more time. And let's just call it home life, right? I could always be fixing more broken stuff. I could always be playing more Thomas the Train. I could always be reading more books. Um, I try not to let that make me crazy, that notion that that is endless. But, but the trouble is, anything that I do that's not that pie that I consider like a pretty important pie, I'm taking chunks out of that pie to go do something else. So even when I'm doing good stuff, when I'm doing work, when I'm doing this, whatever it is, stuff I love, stuff I do, that is like, that comes out of another pie first. So then you got the work pie, that, you know what I mean, that came out of that first pile. And now everything I do, I'm, on some level, I am robbing Peter to pay Paul for any of that stuff. Yeah. There's somebody who's not getting that 100%, which is okay, like that's life. But I think if you don't look at it that way, uh, it's easy to lose, lose track of things. Mm. So it's hard for me to say no when somebody I genuinely like uh, you know, wants to hang out or do something. And I, I don't mean to sound snooty about it, but it's, just, it's really hard to do that. If I do that four times a month, then that's like that's two days of the week for me. You know what I mean? That's like two working days if I do that. Plus, I'm blowing a lot of my, uh, you know, blowing a lot of my fun equity <clears throat> with my lady by, you know, do you get that? Do you guys just, I, I do do you just go out and do stuff? Like, you don't drink and stuff, so you probably don't go anywhere. But, like, do you ever just want to, like, want to go play in D&D &D tonight and you just leave? You don't do that, right? No. Yeah, because, like, you're, the deal is, like, you're there. Like, I'm bath guy or, like, I'm dishes guy. Like, there's all these things. If she's bath gal, my, my, my wife, then I really definitely want to be dishes guy because, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, parenthood, blah, blah, blah. But that's what I have trouble saying because I really love doing it. Uh... I really, I love drinking and I like hanging out with people. I like coffee. I like showing people stuff I like in the city and I like people. Yes, it is actually true. You are like a, uh, people, a people person. I don't know. My friend John says he, he, uh, he defines uh, an introvert as somebody who doesn't get, he defines an extrovert as someone who gets recharged by being around other people. Mm. I thought it meant talking a lot and being like me. But I'm starting to think I might be an introvert if that's your broken definition. And it probably is because he's not very smart. The flip, but, the flip side of that, another way to mm -hmm. say it is that do you, do you feel drained when you're with people or when you have to be with people? Do you feel exhausted afterwards? If it's people I like, I don't. But I think about like, you went to WWDC, you've been to South by, you know, what you never been to South by South. No. But like if you go to one of those things. But I have been to WWDC. It's like Vegas, like for anybody but Grouper. Uh, you go there and it is really fun and it is really overwhelming. It's really cool. But I get, I would just retract back into my snail shell after like a day of that where I'm like, okay, I just, I need to go watch some dog whisper and, <laughs> and like get some ice cubes out of the machine for a little while. I just need, I just need to be here in my daddy pants. ice cubes from the machine? I always feel like they're like you, contaminated. Have you ever gotten ice cubes? I do, but have you ever gotten ice cubes out of a machine? This happened to me once and I thought it was a fluke, but it's happened since then. Uh, Jackals, if you have any knowledge of this, Tell me, have you ever seen like little black flecks of something in hotel lights? <laughs> no. Hmm. I have a pair of disintegrating Sony headphones from the early 2000s with like the, the, the rubbery plastic stuff is mm -hmm. falling off mm -hmm. in uh, three centimeter flex. Imagine like a piece of headphones in your ice. And not like, not like one, like, like six to nine. The only thing I've ever used hotel ice for was to, to chill a beverage. I would never consume it. What do you think? What, what's your concern? Contagion. Contagion, contamination. Shankers. Well, who knows? That's the starting point. Well, if they're inside, you can't see them. It's like an ulcer. Yeah. That's miserable. Wow. I love, oh man, I love hotels. No, I don't uh, like, I don't ever need, never need to stay in a hotel again. Done I love hotels until, until I started really thinking about it.
Unless they're really, really, really thick. Do you wipe, what's it. your procedure when you wipe, when you go in there? Where, what do you wipe down first? <sighs> this do you is, have like I a don't series? I actually do, do you this have like as a, a bit because I have talked about this so much. Like Scott a level Simpson. five decontamination procedure or level four? Scott Simpson doesn't care whether I'm alive or dead, except in as much as he is going to throw a roll of toilet paper where they folded it into a little diamond into my coffin as it's closing. Mm. And he knows how that, how that haunts me. I now have to buy a, uh, a Grand Poe style coffin. With, with with hinges and a walkie-talkie because I can't. I hate the little diamond. I hate the diamond because you know what that means. If I see a little diamond on there, that means now three people have touched that toilet paper. That means that means you you kidding me? You could not find thirty cents to give me a fresh roll of toilet paper. And I think that says a lot about the room. What about I'm when they saying, fold it into the little fan shape? Oh, that's better. But you know what? First of all, like you're cleaning a toilet and now you touch my toilet paper. You touch my toilet paper that somebody else touched. Oh, 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 what about the phone? You like the phone next to there? <clears throat> like, I'm going to pick that thing up. Phone next to the commode, really? Uh, I go into a room. <clears throat> I try not to touch too much. I remove every piece of marketing material that has branding or words on it, and I throw it all in the lowest drawer, and I take a photo of it, because it's a thing that I do. Uh, I t- anything that involves fake plants, I put on the top shelf of the closet, and then I make a little fort. No, this is an interesting. Do you not have a sterilization routine that you do? Any like a sterilization kit to decontaminate oh, do you? the room? Yeah, you don't stay in hotels. You don't leave your house much. No, I do. Hmm. I've do stayed in stayed in plenty of hotels. Hmm. Name one. Uh, well, I could name a, a handful of them. But you're not naming one. See, that's how about the, the how about the W in San Francisco? How's that? Where what? where I found a blood 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 stained pillow. <laughs> how about that? It's, was that by request? Was that like a special order thing? <laughs> I did. I did not have to request it. They. They had I don't really, I don't anyway. really care, Miss. I, I don't care if it's foam or it's feathers. Yeah. But I would like, I like, would like it. I would like three green apples and a blood-soaked pillow. Yeah, I like a W. That's part of my welcome kit. That's what I request. I That's send that disgusting. out. Ahead. Yeah. One time we stayed at a place in Boston, <laughs> and there were scuffs under the bed, filthy ladies' scuffs. And uh, I don't know for some reason, like filthy scuffs, like that was, you know, that was not what I was looking forward to. You know, a little bit of history, some crazy roads. They're still doing the big dig. Yeah. And now we got I these. Found, I found something disgusting in every hotel I've ever stayed Scuffs in. are very personal. Well, how about the whole bed? <laughs> like, you know, the thing is somebody... somebody beds, is, beds in general are disgusting. A lot we of traveling really men are going to ruin that bed. <laughs> right? I would not. I would not. If you get... I would, you know, the thing is, are you serious? You're putting a mint on that, on that pillow and you want me to eat it. <laughs> Why don't you just put it on the toilet paper fan? <laughs> Oh, you're putting food on my bed. Thank you. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. What do you think I, of room service then? I, you don't really care about this, Dan. Why are you asking? Because I have so many opinions about all of this that you will regret bringing up any of this. Why do you think so? Why do you think opaque? I'll regret it? Maybe because you're opaque? I don't know. No, see, but no, I had a good topic and I had cards and now we're talking about... about all right, let's go back this. to your cards. Second card. Top stack. I hate it. Notes for Merlin Man. When they do the fake, like, do you mind if I come in the room? Yes, I ordered room service. You can come in the room. But then they come in and they talk to you. So the whole illusion of like, this is your room and no one's ever been here before is totally blown when they're in there talking about my food. They're lifting up the thing and they're talking about it. I, you know what? I, I'm the one who ordered the food. I know what's under the little food hat. If something else other than that is there, I will let you know. I do not need you to go, this is our, our barley corn steak with peppercorn side glue. 
Really? God, that's so weird because that's what I ordered. And then here's the thing. Ask me how I order when I go in a hotel room. How do you, order, get, how do you order when you go into a hotel room? I say, hi, this is room 666. Uh, I would like to get some, uh, you say, in-room dining. Otherwise, they get confused. You say, I would like a large pitcher of ice water. Not a glass, not two glasses. I would like a large pitcher of ice water and a glass. And then I would like the $90 steak with the glace uh, potatoes au gratin. And uh, I always open with the water. It's, you can't, you literally cannot miss my order because I know you heard the water. I open with the water. How often do you imagine I get a pitcher of water? Mm, how often? Al almost never. Really? And then you know what? Now I'm the dick. Because now the guy comes up there, he's got to talk about my food. May I come in? Yes, you can come in. He comes in. This is and, and then I got to go, you know, that's uh, a glass of water covered with plastic. Oh, that helps. Oh, nothing bad could happen to this. Clearly, you put saran wrap on a glass. What could possibly go wrong? Do you think they put the saran wrap on the glass to make you feel like it is cleaner? Or do you think they do that in case in transit from the kitchen or restaurant to your room, it could perhaps get bumped and they don't want it to spill right like a rat or a teamster falls down i don't know i i i, I think it's all i think it's uh i think it's part of this whole illusion of of like high service mm. there's this uh, book that just came out called brand washed i have i bought i got the uh, sample from the ibooks but i haven't read the book, whole book but um uh the guy was um promoting it with this really interesting article uh focused on whole foods which I've discussed on another. Oh, and that's about grocery stores. I did it again. But it's basically about how Whole Foods does all of this amazing stuff that you would never realize. Yeah, it's great. Did you really? Read this? Yeah, I did. I, well, I didn't read the book. I read the article that you're Right, but you're the flowers. About. You put flowers by the front door. Fresh cut flowers by the front door. You have the ice on everything that doesn't require ice. You have. Um, what about the boxes? Boxes that are stacked up that are supposed to look like little crates, but in fact, they're just sort of hollow shells made out of uh, they're cardboard. Fake is what they are. <laughs> For, or, as you, or as you would say, Fugazi. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Oh man. This is this is uh, I had cards. Um it they all call it over me. over preparing. No. The cards. I, I I think too much about hotels. And it's I just I don't like fake service, right? And that's why I fit you know what? Here's the problem. Um and then we feel like we can't say no, or we feel like we uh, we shouldn't say no, we feel like we don't want to say no. Because we're good people and we like doing interesting things, right? To review. And then I think there's the three options. Let me look at this card. What were the three options? The three options are either you can, uh, you can uh, not really say no. Uh, you can really say no. You can keep saying yes. Okay, so keep saying yes. Let's just move that out of the way. Because like, I'm just going to take keep saying yes as not a great option. Okay. Like If you're here and you've made it through the hotel stuff, really consider about whether you can afford to keep saying yes. Uh, I think a lot of times when, when people get that cognitive dissonance and they're turning this over in their head, I think a lot of times when they're saying, like, how do I say no? I, I think there should be some part of their heart that's saying, oh, like, why can't I stop saying yes? It, it's not really, it's not precisely so much that you're not saying no. It's more that you've developed this mania where that yes somehow just pops out of your mouth like a broken tooth. And like all of a sudden now you got more work when you already had more work than you could do. Right? Remember me talking about my old boss, Richard, and how he would say, all right, you want me to do this thing? Like, go talk to these other people whose work that I'm doing and tell them you're bumping them. Right? Yeah. Now, obviously, you can't do that unless you're as irreplaceable as Richard was. But uh, I would at least have that going through my head when you say yes to everything. Because if you haven't vetted that person, if you haven't vetted that work, and that's why I think the other two options are a lot more sane. 
either uh, not really saying no or really saying no. And uh, I have examples of that. Okay. Okay. God, I'm like Syracuse now. <sighs> I guess that's good. I love that guy. Hey, that was a great episode, by the way. What was it about? Oh, it was about the win- Windows 8? Yeah, the, the most recent, ep- you're talking about the most recent episode of Hypercritical? Right. It was really good. Episode number Mark- 34, Pride in Craftsmanship. Kind of the nerdy thing. It's in there. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Windows 8, can we do a little bit of follow-up on Windows 8? Yeah, you're a big Windows uh, user. Well, I, I do, yeah, I have an opinion on it. I just literally don't care. Okay. Um, you can really say no. You can, uh, you can not really say no. And so here's what I think. Here's what I think. When we have trouble saying no, I think, I think there are three things. I will never prepare for the show again, I promise. Okay, good. I think you either have not enough information, you have not enough context, or you have not enough courage. Right? So think about it. Like, if you really knew whether something was a good idea, it would not be hard, right? If somebody goes, hey, could you spend the weekend literally stabbing yourself in the eye? You wouldn't say I'll think about it or yes. You would go no, like I'm already I'm like I'm already going to Disney World and I can't do that, or like I just as soon not poke my own eyes out with, with knives. Like, right? You don't have to vet that. Or if somebody goes, you know, hey, do you want to go have a, a drink with George Clooney? Like, I'm gonna feel okay about asking my wife. You know, can you can you take care of the tater tot tonight? Because I'm gonna go uh, hang with Clooney or whatever. Right? I mean, but that's not that's the problem. Is that those kinds of extreme cases are not most of what we deal with. We get tons of stuff that kind of sounds like something we can, should, or ought, you know, ought to do for this person, do you know? But I think, I, I know that's obvious, but I just need to say that, even though it's obvious, is that if you're having trouble saying yes or no, you don't know what to say. Or if your heart and your gut tells you that you probably shouldn't say yes to this because you don't have the time, you don't have the whatever, the interest, the expertise, the whatever... I think that's your brain trying to tell you something. You know what I mean? I think you either don't have enough information, you don't have enough context, or ultimately, if you do say yes and didn't want to, you don't have enough courage. I love, I love that you're using the word courage. I think that's the first time I've heard you use that. That's an awful word. Why? Well, it's that so is a great like, word. I, I, I don't know. I hear like a choir of angels whenever you say that word, like it's some fancy thing. But, but like courage is this thing that you dig out of a pit of shame most of the time, I think. I think courage is not this thing where you walk around. I mean, that's the people who are full of crap. It's the people who walk around acting all courageous and saying the right thing. I think the real courage is to be somebody incredibly broken who occasionally pulls it out. Like, that's courage. Courage to me is somebody like who hits rock bottom and manages to go to AA. Like, that's courage. Like, just, just you know, protecting your brand and trying to look good about everything doesn't take courage. Like, it just, it just, it just takes a Facebook account. That's, you know, I think courage is a really interesting word because it's, it's, each time that you're courageous about something, um, I think for myself, I'm fighting like every impulse I have to not be courageous. So in courage to me is like almost like some kind of little seedling that comes out of this like dirt of embarrassment, you know, but enough of that. So I think you don't have enough information. Should I just put this away? No, I like these cards. Oh, it's stupid. These are good cards. If you had more information, you would know whether you should say yes or no. Right. If you knew more about the project, like when does it do? Or as I like to say, like, what is it that I would be peculiarly good at in helping you with this project? Do you feel indecisive? Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not really. No. No. Well, I don't think so. No. Do you think so? Do I uh, think you feel indecisive or do I feel indecisive? 
Ah, uh, you do not seem at all indecisive to me. It depends on the thing. If it's a really big, important decision, it's it usually very, very easy for me to make it. If it's a small decision, the, it can be more flummoxing. It, te- it depends on whether I've eaten. Like a lot of times if I... That's if the gluten I'm, talking. That's, I know that's the gluten. It's the gluten not talking. Nobody's talking. That's the problem. Mm. I'm just walking around, looking at places going, eh, I don't want that. See, and, that, and then I don't eat and it gets worse. Ah, the glutens. Uh, I don't know if I'm indecisive. I don't think so. Uh, I think, uh, if anything, I'm way too decisive because in my brain, I make a terrible decision and stick with it until I have to back out of it. And I think that's probably what a lot of people, if they're honest, I think that's what a lot of people do. Um, you know, there's something we've kind of hinted at before. I don't know if we've ever said it this bluntly, but, you know, just talking about the indecision, talking about the courage. When people go, I don't need something like this, this junk you're talking about. Like, I'm never scared at work. Like, I, I got it wired. I've been here for 190 years and I can pee whenever I feel like it. And it's like, well, maybe the reason you don't need to, maybe the reason you're so courageous about your job is you're not, you don't have anything interesting to be scared of at your job, right? Which is okay, but like, don't look down your nose at somebody who wants something a little more robust in their life. Like we're asking, in some ways, we're asking for challenges to the thing that's comfortable to us with this stuff. Um, So, I mean, if you're somebody who says, I'm sorry, I literally have to say yes to everything. Well, then I, like I say, I don't know how to help you. I, I also don't know how you sleep. I would just be, you know, if, because if, again, and, and think about the way a lot of stuff gets handed to you. Um, like if you're going to buy a house, like you have bought a house, but in the past, like if somebody just came up to you and just said a number, would you just go yes? Well, no. First of all, you go, well, is that number high enough for what I wanted? Is, you know, you, there's all kinds of decisions that you would have to make just about the words that came out of that person's mouth. You would never just say yes. Because why? Because you have to negotiate. You got to negotiate, first of all, whether that number makes any sense. You got to find out whether they've been approved for a loan. And then there's all kinds of like further stuff. You certainly, you've been through this, right? With your thing. It was ridiculous. Negotiations. Negotiations. But you don't feel like you're being a dick because you go, well, can you tell me a little more about the air conditioning? That seems kind of weird, right? Because you know what? Once you sign on the line that is dotted, that Mm. is your air conditioning and your problem. If you accept the big crate of bananas and go, thanks for the, thanks for the bananas, like that's all yours now. And so when so, if somebody comes to you with a really crazy project and you just go, yes, because that's your deal, you are now responsible right. for the sanity of that project's completion. A even contract. It's a contract. <laughs> right? That's, so that's I, like, the I love the Glenn Gary reference you dropped in there. Mm-hmm. We could do a show just on that. Sign on the line that is dotted. Such a good movie. Way it holds them up. Mm. Let me check. Let me see something here. Yep. Oh, Gil. Um, but if you had more information, right? Like just regular information, like information about that person. Like I, I don't know. I don't know if it's been long enough to talk about any of this at all. But like you know, we, we mentioned before, like you had to deal with somebody who was a little squirrely at one point. Where like it was, it sounds like you thought this with your house stuff. Like you thought this person was a little squirrely, but it soon became apparent that they were really squirrely. Yeah, I don't even think they knew how squirrely they were. That's the press, like Angelina Jolie, you know. <laughs> is that what it's like? Yes, very much so. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> uh, Actually, but, that's who I was buying the, the house from. <laughs> or human blood. This is my human blood necklace room. <laughs> Uh, but if you'd had more information earlier about that person, you might have ditched earlier, yeah. right? 
more yeah. information. Now, the reason I break out context from information is like, I'm just really into this idea of context, not context in the GTD sense of like at phone call or whatever, but context in the sense of like, I think to understand anything, you have to understand it in some kind of context. I've been rattling on a lot about like scientific stuff and you, you know what I mean? Like we talked last, I think it was on the show, we're talking about information in context. I think that was here. But that, that, that's a problem. Like information on its own, right? Like one data point does not tell you that much. Two tells you something, but you really need three to see a trend line. And like 18 would help a lot more. And any one of those one data points out of those 18 could seem to tell a story by itself. But when you put all 18 of those up, or for that matter, if you put 350 of them up, like you do some five-year moving average thing, you're going to see some, a completely different story, right? It's like William Faulkner, like Sound of the Fury. Like if you only read one chapter, you're only going to hear one person's version right, of the story. Right, right. Rashomon, right? Um, and so I think the context part is going like, okay, well, I've got the information now. I understand that you have this due date, right? Now I, I want to understand, is that a real date? I might go check that out. Uh, do I know that you are the kind of squirrely person that kind of doesn't finish a lot of projects and then has lots of people end up mopping up at the last moment, right? Yeah, this is, you're just bringing lots of expertise and experience to bear. But if you're not sure whether or how to say anything uh, but yes, I think you probably need more information and then you need information in context. I don't know if I'm putting that well. No, you but are. You are. Context part, right? I mean, it's got, it's got to be about more than just like a factoid. And for yourself, like, gosh, what could be more context than you going, oh my gosh, I already have so much stuff that is late or that is coming up due or that I feel like I've done kind of a half-assed job on, right? You get so much of that stuff, well, how, anyway, not to beat a drum, but, um, but the other part is the courage part because if you have enough information, you have enough context, it's an implementation detail, which is if you know that you really don't want to stick knives in your eyes and you can put that in the context of, really, of I'd really rather go to Disney World, that's a really easy choice, right? But our reluctance to ask for more information because we're not sure that's okay. Our, our reluctance to um, take any information we have and put it in context with other things that we know, other things that are due, accepting the scarcity and putting this alongside of it, um, I think that can make us very uncourageous because it's just another thing I've got to do now. You know that feeling? It's like, oh, great. Here's another thing I've got to do. And pretty soon it just becomes this undifferentiated pile. It is almost like a bunch of index cards. They all kind of look the same. But like, you know, how, how do you know which of those you should have accepted in the first place? Well, you're not allowed to think that because that's fancy, right? But I think that's why you're having trouble saying no. Or that's why you're having trouble saying anything but yes. And that is a distinction. so we're short on time. I think, I think my answer to this for the don't really say no part is what I call the qualified yes, which is um, you can, so, so, okay, so one more distinction. Yeah. I think there is stuff you really want to and should say yes to maybe. And then there's other stuff where you know you just shouldn't say yes to it. And I think for a lot of us, that second kind, where we're like, we really know, oh my God, I should not say yes. I should not say I will meet this person for coffee tomorrow because I know I'm going to have to cancel it. I, I already can feel that I'm going to have to be that guy right? In my case, that would be a classic one for me. It's like, oh, sure. Why not? Like, and now, now I have to go make all that happen. And when it doesn't happen, I'm, I also now am the person who has to call them and go, you know what? I suck. I can't do this. And I do that constantly. Well, what it. about, what about saying no and feeling regret later? What about people who say no too readily or saying no without considering it enough? I think there's, you want to uh, go, you want to go out with us tonight? No, 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 no. And that's the night you would have met your, uh, I know. I could well. I could have seen you don't listen to music, but I, I there was an Elephant Six showcase one night in 1998 where I could have seen Neutral Milk Hotel 
and the Minders and Olivia Tremor Control and all these bands that I really, really like a lot or used to, especially used to, used to like a, a lot, a lot. And I just went, meh, I don't know. And it became this legendary show in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. I regret that. But I, I also know that there's an availability heuristic where you're going to way over focus on the things you regret uh, than all the times that you kind of blew it because you were worried about regret. Like you've got to do something, right? Make a choice and live with it. Like that sucks. It's no fun. I'm terrible at it. But I'm just telling you that uh, like regret, what is regret good for? Like you don't get to cash that in. It's like Confederate script. You know, like regret is just this millstone that you're going to have to carry around until you decide, I don't really need this. I can't change what that thing was. Especially if you're just going to let that affect your decision making all along, right? And again, this is that whole um, work culture thing we always talk about. Like, oh, there's all this mythology about how we do things here, right? And that delivery service screwed us one time in 1987. So now they're the devil. <laughs> right. Or, you know what I mean? Or yeah. like that, that one time... Uh, we didn't have the birthday party on the fourth Friday, you know, and Jeannie got mad. Um, information context. And then the, um, but I think here's the problem though, is between those two. Like, so you got the things that you want to kind of say yes to. And so, so to me, that's kind of maybe later. If it's something that I really want to do, if I actually want to do that, if I had the information, the context and the courage, and I say, yeah, you know what? I want to do that thing with you. I would like, I would like to help you plan the Christmas party. Something as, as seemingly simple as that. Well, first of all, planning a party is like shooting a bullet with a bullet. It's really, really hard. But like, let's say you want to do that. And you go, you know what? I would love that. Yes. I remember last year thinking I could improve this if I worked on this. So I'm going to just do this and I'm going to help you. Now, that could be something where you go, you know what? That's really cool. I would like to do that. I have the information, the context, and the courage. I understand that I probably can't plan 10 parties. I can't say yes to doing all of those because some of them are probably going to suck and the people are going to be losers and I don't really want to be involved in that. But I'm okay with this. But here's the problem. Let's say you really, really don't want to be involved with planning and implementing the Christmas party. If you say kind of, maybe, and yes to that, like you're a bonehead because they hear that as something, something sure, right? If you say that, because that's, that's the implication, right? If you say maybe about something, well, what's maybe about it? Are you going to do it? It's like a Yoda thing, right? You're either going to help with this or you're not. Does that, do you know what I mean? I do. And I think, I think that, that, makes it complex for everybody and it's also helping you build a really dumb muscle which is this if that may be muscle well you know what if you really want to do that well then why don't you write a note to yourself for november 1st of next year to recontact that person why right november first uh because there's plenty of time to plan for the party they really fill up by the beginning of december you oh. got to plan early okay right but like with me like if i say to somebody like you right you know you know me right not to go down a thing here but like for me if it's not on the calendar it doesn't exist mm-hmm. And so, but that's also true with stuff I say maybe to, where sometimes somebody says, oh, can we have a phone call? And I'm like, well, actually, I can't do that this week. Uh, probably in principle, I don't schedule calls the same week that they're happening. Uh, but I'll say, can you, can you contact me in, in three weeks or six weeks or whatever? And I put it on my calendar and I, I remind myself. And if that, you know what, if that comes up in three weeks or six weeks and I go, ugh, why did I say this? That is a lesson for me. That is a lesson where I've got to quit saying maybe to things. I not only can't say yes to everything, I should quit saying maybe because that kind of makes me a dick, right? I, I'm not being honest. Yeah. I'm not being honest. And so that makes it hard because now you've accumulated all these half-assed things with other people. You still don't really feel like you've got the power to say no when you know in your heart you really wanted and should have said no. And if you didn't say no, well then, gosh, are you going to do a good job with it? Right, because if you kind of say maybe to lots of stuff, and that's like your that's your world. Yeah. Like, how are you going to make anything great with that? 
That's 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 the problem. That's got to be the decision point then. Can can and you I, do a good job by saying yeah? If you say yes, can you do a good job? If well, not, then you can't do it. Email Dan with your examples of where saying yes to everything turned out great. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would love yeah. to hear you tell me about examples of that because I have a hard time believing that you've done 20 years of great work. I think you'll self-report that. I think you could self-report that. But you're the same guy who sends the crappy emails. When I go and do the email talk at the company, you know who's not there? Like the guy in the Porsche banging on his BlackBerry while he's going down 280. Because you know why? That guy's great at email, right? Email, multitasking, and conolingus. He's the king because he's never asked <laughs> anybody else whether he's any good at it. Right. They would line up. They would line up. People, people with like, like salves and full inboxes. they say, you know what, Johnny? Dial it down. Anyway, I think, I think you have to decide the things that, that you can afford to say no to, but you're kind of not allowed to be that stressed out if, if you do say yes unequivocally to everything. Because if you care about everything, you care about nothing. That's, that's, that's not quite Chan Kane kind of stuff. It's just how it works. You care about some stuff, but you can't care about everything. Otherwise, it is literally, definition-wise, uniquely, not care. It's something else. You know, and if you can't square the idea of saying yes to everything with why you're feeling overwhelmed and not shipping stuff that you love, uh, well, that's, that's cognitive dissonance, like not something that will be solved with a new calendar and a pen. Boy, I talked a lot that one. That I like was this the, one. No, nah, I talked a lot. No, yeah, it was good. Yeah, let me see what else I got here. I got to buy tequila, more, uh... school tuition, uh, unlimited, how to say no, Windows 8. I guess I covered everything. Okay. What about you? Feel okay about the tiles? You feel good about the tiles? You excited about the tiles? That's the uh, the new band out of uh, out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, former uh, former uh, m- members of uh, Tadpole and uh, and Greece. Didn't they That's... do that sing- song "Danger, Danger, High Voltage"? Mm. Oh, yeah. high voltage. Yeah. I think it's ACDC. Oh, okay. That's when they got a, n- a new singer. The one the one the one died. That's right. That's uh, Shania Twain. I think you're thinking of Beyonce, the pregnant, pregnant Beyonce. I have never studied French. I asked my wife about this, and like, like so many things, she just completely ignored me. Uh, but I was, I was in the bathroom, and I noticed the, her, her name on the cover of a magazine, and I, I, now I can't stop thinking about her name, Beyonce. Because I, 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 I would like to know what it means. Because usually you get a name like Amy, Amy, like A, especially the A-I-M-E-E. I think that's a Frenchy version of the one who is loved, right? It's like a reflexive noun mm-hmm. or a reflexive uh, verb, rather. Mm-hmm. Sure. But uh, she is the one who has been beyond. <laughs> I don't have a huge problem with this, but I've got a little problem with it, and it's, it's right there in the craw. I can't get it out of the craw. I'm, I'm crossed. Is that where that <laughs> word comes from? I'm re crossed. Well, it's Gallic. Gallic, uh, I got nothing. Can I button this up? Yes, let's uh, button it up. Okay, I love you. I love you too, Merlin Man.